Welcome to Life, Art, and the In-Between with Celise, Shelley, Michelle, and Clem. Welcome to our podcast. Hello and welcome to Life, Art, and the In-Between. For this In-Between section today, the topic is, are men only retreats helpful or not? And would you attend one? To discuss this, I'm joined by three amazing guys. They're friends of mine, and I've known them for years. Keith Bennett, Kenny Ingram, and L. Stephen Taylor. Thank you guys for doing this. Hello. Thanks for having us, Cleo. Yeah, thank you. Good to be here. (laughs) You're very welcome. So before we get started, I'd like them all to introduce themselves to let the audience know who they are and a little bit about themselves. So, Kenny, do you you want to start? Hi, yes. My name is Kenny Ingram, um, and... um, I'm um, a director choreographer. I'm currently working on a play here in New York, a one-man play called Triple Threat. And I just finished um, choreographing Emojiland off-Broadway. And I've known Clem for a while, and then great to be a part of it due to Lion King. So thank you for having me here. Brilliant. Thank you. L. Steven? (laughs) Hey, guys. I'm L. Steven Taylor. Um, When we're not in quarantine, I play Mufasa in uh, The Lion King on Broadway here in New York. Um, I also am the creator of Words of Perspective, which is a spoken word, uh, spoken word series that deals with <clears throat> issues that are happening socially and uh, turns those issues into dialogue between people through spoken word. Um, currently, over the process of this quarantine, I've been uh, recording audiobooks from my home here in New York City, and I'm also happy to uh, be here. So thanks for having me, Glenn. Brilliant. brilliant. Making a lot of money, huh? <laughs> Rolling around in it, were. <laughs> and last but not least, Keith. Hey, man. Hey, uh, can you guys hear me great? Yeah. Yeah. All right. My name is Keith Bennett. I play a uh, bonsai um, on the road with uh, the Lion King. And basically, uh, for right now, doing this quarantine is the first time in my life. So I've had this extended period to be home and try to be a father and a husband Ooh. and a son-in-law and taking care of a puppy. So I'm absolutely cherishing the uh, the time that I have right now with my kids. Amazing. Amazing. So th- guys, thank you so much for take, taking your time and doing this. You know, I looked up men's retreats and I was... <laughs> I was shocked to find how many there were. There's loads and loads of them in England and, of course, in America as well, yeah, and all over the world, right? So that was a surprise to me. So I guess my first question is to you guys, has anyone ever been on one? Silence. I have not. So I have not been to to a men's retreat that, like, where you log on and you have to, like, sign up and stuff. But, I mean, I will say that, we have like in in Lion King on Broadway, we have a men's retreat once a year. Once a year, like we do that for our uh, for ourselves, and uh, generally it's about seventeen or eighteen of us that go and we rent a cabin um, uh, upstate New York and we bond for a week uh, bond for a weekend. So I have I've only done it with people that I know. I have not signed up for a retreat where you're involved with people who you don't uh, have a prior relationship with. So. You guys do seventeen, like seventeen of you guys. Yeah, there's like seventeen of us, and we rent like you know, like a huge, a huge house for cabin, and we go, and it's over. It's usually in the winter time, like right around now. We would be having it. Oh my god! 
That's crazy. So, so what? So, what do you do? Well, I mean, it depends. Can you tell me what you do or no? You know, like what happened? What happened? You know, I, honestly, like uh, on that particular on that particular guys trip, and it was I think that it was really important this uh, this past time that we had it because we had a huge cast changeover, and so there were a lot of new people, and there wasn't really an opportunity uh, with everything that was going on. There wasn't really an opportunity for us to kind of bond and get to know each other, and that you know as you know, all of you guys know like how important that is um to mm-hmm. the kind of health of the sh- health of the show mm-hmm. so we used it we used it uh this past time as a uh just kind of as a centering moment and a grounding moment to kind of get to know the new people and for to have them know uh know us so there was a you know there was a lot of that we all cooked dinner for e- uh for each other we you know it's a big pot, uh potluck over the course of three days um we had, you know, hot tub. We bring games, video games. Hot tub. You know, all the- <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Hot tub? Yeah, it was a hot tub. <laughs> wow. Okay. That's the thing. Who got in the hot tub? <laughs> this is the thing right here. This is the thing right here. It's like, it's, it's, oh interesting. My God. it's interesting, like mundane things, like normal things, like getting in a hot tub or having any kind of connection like that kind of garners a response from some of the old guard. We'll call uh, we'll call y'all who had that kind of that kind of reaction. I ain't getting in no hot tub. <laughs> but it's like, why is that a thing that would garner that type of reaction? Like, right. <laughs> well, I don't know. Tell me, tell me. I don't know what you, when you said hot tub. I was just it just like I was like, what? Every eighteen people in a hot tub? That's kind of crazy to me. Come on. Nah. No, come on, dude. We just ride in, the the <laughs> in a hot tub at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Come on. <laughs> you know y'all ridiculous. Y'all are ridiculous right now. <laughs> Not but love for you. I mean, honestly, <laughs> that sounds like it was a it would be a great bonding thing. And by the time you get back to the theater, you know, you guys know each other. So were there people on that um retreat that you didn't particularly like once you got to know them, or was everything kind of cool? Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, the trip definitely highlighted some things for uh, some people for better or worse. But uh, I think that that was also the point, you know, I mean, we're in close proximity to each other eight times a week anyway. Right. And so that retreat kind of served as a um, just like a, a, a consolidated version of what we experienced during the show anyway. So it's like you do you learn what triggers people, uh, you know, like for, like I said, for better or worse. And then, you know, then you have a work environment that's more conducive to everybody getting, uh, getting along, whether that means, okay, I know I don't talk about these, uh, these things, because that's going to be a triggering point, or I know that, you know, I'm just going to kind of steer clear, or this is the type of relationship that I can have uh, with this particular person in the dressing room, because this is what I experienced during the retreat. I think that's incredible. That's really important. So who initiated it? Would it be, was it the guys in the company? You know, it, so I'm just going to throw this out there. I, and, and this, I feel like is kind of uh, indicative of, um, of a cis hetero male perspective. The gay guys in the dress, in the, in the company are the ones who initiated it. And originally it was just, it was just uh, the gay male members of our company 
and then it was it kind of got opened up and expanded to include uh, to include everybody. But I think the assumption was that the straight male uh, men in our company would not be interested in doing something like that. And it's mostly because of the reactions that I got earlier when I said, <laughs> when I said oh, hot tub. <laughs> no, 100%, that's a really interesting point. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can see that. Yeah. And so has it made a difference? You know, when you guys come back and uh, actually do the show, does it make a difference to 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 actually the performance and how you treat each other in the building does it make a difference? I I think so. Kenny, have you been you've been on the I I've, I've never been on the first one. No, I didn't go with you guys, but I could tell that it was a big difference when everybody came back into the dressing room. It was different. It was different energy that was uh, before you guys had left, and I found bonding closer. I found people. Um, also, just with the show, just just more caring, you know. It wow. was it was very interesting, wow. and I think that that was part of that um, is taking care of each other um, um, mentally and knowing that you're there for um, your brother. That's Lion King, anyway. Lion King does this totally is all heart, and you do take care of each other because it is really about family. That show. Okay. Okay. Well, my experience with that show has been really um, about family. Um, yeah. And I don't know. I mean, maybe you don't see this because you're not, you know, you're, you're in different companies all the time. But right. um, when you're in from all the companies that I've been a part of, because I mean, you go through people's deaths, you go through childbirths, you go through marriages, you go and you're there to celebrate that because you're there eight days a week, right. you know? Yeah. Okay. Eight yeah. days a week. Exactly. So, Kenny, did you actually go on one of these retreats or, or you just heard about it? Um, I was asked to go, but I was just like, no, I'm going to just chill out. Okay, so why? Why didn't you? Come on. No, but, well, because it was probably what Stephen is saying. It's my generation and my age. You know, I was like, okay, y'all go ahead. Because I thought, <laughs> I, I thought it might be something going on up there. Like, you know, okay, I don't want to get into it. You but something I saw the opposite, that it was actually a very positive Right. thing you know like it was very positive so yeah amazing keith what about you mate i've i've never uh done uh with the show i've never done uh an uh, all-male uh, retreat in my experience I, I probably wouldn't feel comfortable with the show uh just because of the nature of what it is when i'm backstage with the show and I don't know this because of the dynamics of me being the only black male in the dressing room and what I've seen and what I've experienced. I'll leave it at that. But um, I've never done that. I have done uh, an all-male retreat, but with the men in my family. And it did. It centered around uh, what we as black men go through. So that's I have done that before. But it's been based on the black male experience. So, But I've never done it with the cast. Can you tell us about that? The mm. retreat that you did with your family? Yeah, uh, if, if people know you know know me and my family, we come from uh, out of a period of you know the you know the civil rights struggle and the Black Panther Party, and from from that struggle and from that movement, I've seen uh, you know the emergence of uh, mental illness based on you know being immersed in that struggle. So some time ago, some of us you know got together to talk about what it is that we go go through. So. You know, for me, uh, I've seen a lot of uh, black men in my family, uh, 
you know, drugs, die from drugs, uh, unfortunately. So, you know, just trying to get together to have that open dialogue, you know. Mm. Uh, so I've, I've done that with my family. You know, I guess I would be open to that with the cast. But if it would be, I, it would be for us to talk about uh, what I experienced in the cast. Uh, like I've always said, for me, being in The Lion King, uh, it's something I see large numbers of uh, African-Americans in the show that, are, uh, you know, year from year that can you know be terminated. And that, yeah. that has always that has always bothered me. Like, is it you know, what is that thing? Is it is it that uh, our is it our behavior? So if I did do a, a retreat like that, same thing with my cousins, we get together and, you know, family members and like young kids in my hood, we get together and try to figure out how can we as black men develop that uh, veil of, uh, you know, strict behavior, strict rules. You know what I mean? I, I've never done that, though, with uh, Disney. But if I did, I, I can imagine what my presence would be like. And I don't know if I would feel comfortable with that. You know what I mean? Because I yeah. do know I do know if we did something like that, I don't care whether you're straight or gay. I could care less. I agree but with I, that. Yeah, you know what I mean? But I would I would want to do something like that with my black brothers. You know, And I don't, I don't know when you did it, Al Stevens, was it just all black men? Yeah, for the most part, yeah. it was one one year there was one year there was uh, one of our you know like uh, who was the partner of one of the people who went um, yeah. also 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 came and it didn't really change you know change the dynamic. I think that if you are a white person work, working on our show, um, you know, you kind of know what you're uh, getting your, getting yourself into. So I don't think that anything right. anything was censored by having his presence uh, presence there. But also, mm -hmm. I think that when we go on those trips, there's so many things at play that it's not uh, limited to talking about our experience as being black, uh, black men. But see, you know that's what I mean? why I would want to do it, because I would want to talk about that. Yeah, but I'm just saying right. you, it, it wasn't that we couldn't talk about that. I'm just saying it wasn't the only topic that was there. Right. Because, you I know, think, I think that yeah. me as a black male. I think that one of the important things and what we don't talk about, which is great to hear you, uh, I'm glad that that happens in your family, is we don't talk about, as black men specifically, we don't talk about mental health issues and we don't check in and we think that it's weird, like if we check in emotional, like on exactly. an emotional level. You and I have had those conversations, you know, right. like we do mental wellness check-ins uh, check and emotional check-ins anyway, but I think wholly, we don't do that as a, gr as a group and uh, as, as a group of men and specifically and I don't know where that I don't know where that starts and I always tell the, the uh, story of Stephen Jr my son who's now 19 years old when he was six years when he was six years old we were at the dinner table and I asked him what he wanted to be like this is a six-year-old kid right. and I asked him what he wanted to be and he said I want to be three things I want to be an astronaut a chef and a dad and so I asked him wow. what each one of those things, and he was like, you know, a chef cooks delicious food. Okay, what does an astronaut do? He goes into outer space. What does a dad do? And he said a dad spanks his kids and pays his, and pays the bills. And it's like, where would a kid who's six year old <laughs> learn that? So it's is that what you were doing? Is that what you were doing, L. Steven? Never. Like only I only spanked him uh, like twenty times. No, I'm just kidding. No, he's <laughs> never been spanked. Right? What does he know about paying bills at six years old? But some yeah. somehow it's ingrained in us at a very early age that, you know, showing emotions, like sharing that type of emotion is uh, not the responsibility of a, uh, a responsibility of a man. And I think that we right. have that responsibility for each other. 
Yeah, well, that's, you know, and that's why I said, go ahead. I'm sorry, but what's interesting, Keith, thank you, because you just actually made me remember something. We did this, me and my brothers, for the first time right. in last December, okay? And I, I, I mean, I have seven brothers, four sisters, but a few <laughs> of them have left us and gone on home. But yeah. we did this, my brother, which I was like, what? You want to do what? We want to have a get together. So we all meet, met at his place in California. He cooked uh, some food that my mom used to make, literally like a menu. And then we got in the car and drove to a casino and hung out and chatted. But it was so, because as you know, because you and I have been working about the long, the longest time, we never get a chance to do anything like that. Right. So it was, it was absolutely bonding. Um, it wasn't anything special. We just, you know, shot the, shot the crap, you know what I mean? We just talked, but right. it was just beautiful to just be with my brothers. You know, that that was that was outstanding. So that would be my retreat of what I've experienced, you know, be the family. I mean, I think it's actually really rare for me to sit down and talk, really talk. You know, we're always talking on the surface. We never actually mm-hmm. get into the deep, deep conversations. But once you do, it's a, it's an amazing thing. And it's actually I can only think it happened really once with me and my cousin in New York and two friends. And we we're all around the same age. And we sat down and we were the only people in the house and we had a bottle of rum and we just sat and chatted. Ooh, yes. Most amazing experience. And, um, but it's never happened since. Mm. And I just have to wonder why. I think for these the retreats, it's very different um, with black men. I think when you go on a retreat, you have to think about how do you bond and what you bond with immediately for me is the blackness. So you can open up and talk about that immediately. So I don't know how comfortable I would be um, if it if it was just a retreat and there were no, you know, I was the only black person, for example. Would you guys go in that situation? Keith, would you go? Well, well if I were the only black guy? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because I think I would have a lot to offer all my, you know, the white people that would be there if they would like, you know, be open to listen. You know, if they would drop that, you know, the banner of privilege and say, OK, like, let's see if I can sit back mm-hmm. and, you know, understand, you know, who, who and what this guy is and what he represents. Of course, I, I'd be open to that. You know, I did see the movie Get Out, though. So just let me let you know that. <laughs> you know. I did see that. Kenny, go on. I would go. I would. I would. I would because, you know, what I feel like. I can learn something as they can learn something. Right. You know what I mean? And I wouldn't even look at it like that first. I would just go because I've never been on a retreat. I would love to actually be on one because I think it would be very healing. So really, okay, yeah, I would I'm, not, I'm not disparaging that. That's I mean that's cool. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay, no, I'm not. yeah, okay. I'm not. I know you. Truly, truly, I'm not. It, <laughs> yeah, okay, Claire. Claire, we've known each other too long. Don't even try. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right brother it's okay it's, it's just it's just interesting what Keith is saying Keith is saying like he's going there not to find his inner self as such but to educate the people that he's with so well, just, let me just tell you this much the reason why I say that we do we know we because we've had to we've we've learned so much about white people we know everything about them we we learned in school we learned it in history USA European history foreign politics you know finance but but they know so little about us. And even if we did a theatrical retreat, a lot of people don't even know still to this day, 
the significance of that building where the Lion King was first housed. They don't know that Burt Williams performed upstairs in that building. They don't mm-hmm. know that like right. jazz dance was introduced to Broadway for a show 1921 called Shuffle Along with uh, UB, Blo- UB Blake and all those guys. And it turned 63rd Street into a one-way street at that point. And the show was so powerful, it caused riots. It was the, you know what I mean? It, they, yeah. Yeah. In every facet of life, they don't know who we are. We know everything about them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would it, it would be great if they could sit down and say, okay, we know you know about us, Keith. Let's find out about who and what you are. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. I agree with you 100%. But isn't the point of a retreat, though? The point of these retreats are to discover your inner self. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, yeah. And that is my inner self. <laughs> <laughs> so I, so my, my point is, what are you gaining from, from that? That's the thing. The, the, the satisfaction. Of telling them. Okay, all right. That's what I'm gaining. This is what I was gonna say though. This is this is so indicative of and I Keith knows that I love him and actually all three of the people who are on this call are people that I look up to. I'm honestly already knows Ken, sorry, Kenny, I'm calling him. <laughs> 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 these these two men specifically are like have had a huge impact uh, huge impact on me. So I say this with love, but I think that what Keith just described is indicative just of kind of uh of how how we are viewed by people just in not even black men specifically but just how people view men and i think that our inability or our uh uncomfortability with looking inward is a thing that is uh is a is a uh, uh is one of our toxic more toxic traits and like if it were me i mean if it were like if i were leading a retreat for instance and it was like over the course of three days sure that can be one of the topic but we also have to talk about how how we as men have contributed to a really really toxic culture and how we're passing that on to our kid like that's looking of course like we also have to talk about like our problematic relationship and we want to talk about black men we got to talk about our problematic Mm -hmm. relationship with trans women you know what i mean black black men specifically kill more trans black women than any other uh than any other group kills another group i mean like is that for real of course that that is for real so and and those are things that we don't talk, we don't really, talk, we that. don't ever really talk about. So I would want, so it like a retreat that, that I would like to be a part of would just kind of encompass and span like a, more than just us like celebrating ourselves. Cause I think that that is important. We don't do that enough, right. but also it's like, we got to be able to hold each other right. accountable and talk about things. Uh, and, and I so, I so agree with you. Listen, listen, I, and I do, I do see it as a, um, different time now even in new york i I used to feel like like in new york because basically i'll tell anyone i was basically taught the uh you know the you know that theater etiquette and the behavior and theater through uh gay black men when i first got to the business signing up on time being you know being accountable and man let me tell you i absolutely agree that you know that there is there is an issue with that, and I do listen. And we all know that. I, I think that's the whole basis of like um, what I saw happen during the whole AIDS crisis. How you're, you're right, Stevens. How mm-hmm. black people shun black people, and the southern churches shun black people, and what was going on. But while, but what I'm saying, I saw white men embrace this thing called AIDS in the form of gay men health crises, talking about it, sitting down, and it's just it's, you're absolutely right. It's so much about us that. It wouldn't be just one thing that you want to learn in these retreats 
Wow. I mean, but would you take initiative to sign up for something like that, or would somebody? Of course, yeah. But but I I will say, you know, I'm you you know I I have to be honest. I'm I don't feel comfortable with everyone. You know what I mean? Um, I do believe in a strong black brotherhood. That I think I would be more safe in our our own community to to express that and to experience that. And maybe after I learn from that, then I could say, okay, then I can. I can trust everything that I could do that. But that's that's just how I am, whether, you know, it's good or bad, you know, but of course I would be open to that. But, you know, I'm very, I'm very specific in who I want to share that experience around. I, I have to agree with Keith in a way because I'd be much more comfortable going to a, a retreat with black men as opposed to, if I had to, men of all different colors because I don't think I would want to share my experience because it's so it feels like it would be so alien to them so um yeah i don't i'm not even sure i i looked up a lot of these retreats one of the most popular retreat is this treat, retreat by this guy called craig white and he said the benefits of going to this retreat would be um a greater capacity to cultivate awareness more clarity about what it means to be a man appreciation of brotherhood in your life increased understanding of your life path, right? Acceptance and forgiveness of your past, removal of limiting beliefs that hold you back, and more clarity around your life mission. I mean, those are things that I think we all want yeah. to do, right? Sure, do we have to go, Kenny, do we have to go to a retreat for it though? I think that that's helpful. Yeah, I, I do. I think that it's... Um, important as uh, black as as men as men i think it's important as men um uh to clarify um being human first we all don't take care of ourselves and i mm. think that that's really important for us to get some type of a um uh retreat so we can learn more about ourselves because we're so busy either as you all are taking care of families or children or working and doing things that we don't we don't pay any attention to ourselves my nephew, who's who's a real estate broker, who's taking care of all his children and you know his wife's nieces and nephews and his nieces and nephews, but you know he almost had a heart attack because he doesn't slow down enough to check in. And a retreat, uh, something like that, would be great, right, for him to just. We don't do that for ourselves. Even my experience with prostate cancer, you know what I mean? Yeah, like if I would have yeah. just had a moment just to go. You know, right. as black men, we don't, we don't, now as black men, because that's really heightened prostate cancer in black men, we don't right. do that for ourselves. And if we yeah. did that for ourselves, exactly. even take like a month, it's, we're not taught this. It's not in our behavior. Our behavior is to work and work and work and work. So I think that as black men, I think that it's really imperative that we try and learn some new things. I agree, kind of agree, but right. what kind of a retreat would we go on then? I mean, that's the thing for me. I I would feel really um. I don't. I wouldn't feel comfortable going on to one of these retreats where you have to stand in a circle and um and talk about yourself and talk. I just don't feel comfortable doing that. Look at L. Steven smiling. Is, go and say L. Steven. The thing is, like you just you, the, all of the things that you read, you read the description of this uh, retreat that you read, 
we all agree that any of us, regardless of our race, can benefit from exploring those from exploring those things. Yeah. And I think the thing that the thing that happens is like, Clem, the reason why you don't feel comfortable, because that's not it's not it's not we haven't been taught to make that uh, that a normal part of our uh, of yes. who we are. We're exactly. pack. Listen, men especially wow. are pack. We're pack animals. Right. Like that's what we do. Like in packs, we all act a certain way. So I think when when doing work on yourself as an individual, I think is important. But then, like, how quickly does that fall away when you're around people who have to- when you're around guys specifically who have toxic energy? How often do you like? How often does that spill over in the the self work that you've done spill over into those things? And I think that if we all tackle those as men, then we can like see what that's a good example of like how we can apply that once we're outside of this specific group. And the next time we're in a different uh, set of uh, uh, group of men. Right. But the thing is, we don't do that work because like it's really, really easy to kind of just go with the flow. You like it's literally like we have a president because of that. It's locker room talk. Oh, he smacks her on the ass. You know, like that's cool. Or he (laughs) said this or grab him by the dot. It's like, no, it's literally that's what that's why we have the president is because everybody like the men in this country specifically want to be that they want to do whatever they want to do. And then there's people like us. I'm just going to put us all under the umbrella who maybe feel comfortable. Like if we uh, if we see something like that, saying something. But there is a big faction of men who just won't. And it's because they have no experience. They have no example of doing that when it comes to a group of another uh, of other men. So if you guys are all leaders, you know, like Keith is a Keith is a uh, I would say is a leader. Why wouldn't you go to a retreat, uh, a retreat like that and be, you know, be the example and also like reflect and retreat in on your own issues as well? Like, why wouldn't you? Mm. Because it's uncomfortable. Like you said, it's it's uncomfortable. You don't want to you don't want to face those things. And especially you don't want to face them in front of a bunch of dudes, especially you don't want to face uh, face them in front of a bunch of dudes that you don't know. Hundred percent. So, do you think that um, because we're all artists in this in this on this call right now, all four of us are? So, do you think it's easier for us to be in contact with our feelings? Do you think it's easier yes. for us? Yes, I do. Yeah. Yes. Keith, no. Uh, uh, I I guess so. I mean, it's I'm, I I have to be honest. I think now. From what I've what I'm seeing going on with you know black men, I, I think that I, I, it's kind of changing a little bit, you know. And I'm I'm hoping that we're going in that direction. I I gotta tell you, I don't know about you guys. I've seen a lot just since you know just since the show closed down in March, um, coronavirus, and we thought it was just gonna be coronavirus we were dealing with. Then we dealt, yeah. you know, we dealt with Ahmaud mm-hmm. Arbery and yeah. Breonna Taylor, and. You know, and, and yeah. yeah, and we keep seeing all these deaths of you know uh, young black men, you know, women, I, and, I, and I can I can see the dynamic in my family with young young black men in my family who have been hard, and and I I not understand why the black in my family have been hardened because it's based on what we, where we come from and mental illness. But I'm I'm seeing I'm seeing it begin to see. That, that that dynamic in the black culture changing somewhat. And, and it's like what Al Stevens was saying earlier, we're not there yet. But 
you know, maybe in these retreats, I, my main thing, I don't mind being vulnerable and showing, you know, my mistakes. I, I am heavily flawed. I know that. I am a black man in America. Yes, I have some fucking issues. I curse. I hate the world sometimes. I love the world sometimes. My wife got to deal with me. My family got to deal with me. But I, I don't mind sharing that with people. But those men that I would share it with, I would rather share them for me. I would like to share that experience with other black men. Yeah. Because if you you know what I mean? When people say, and I'm I thank you so much, L Stevens. You, you should see me out there on the road. I try so much to be a leader, but I'm trying now to lead through showing them like, you know, my own vulnerability and and I and I did. I, I learned that some years ago from uh you know, I see out in LA, he said, dude, if you're gonna if you're gonna put yourself in that position, you know, he, he was saying how he led through uh the gangs that he made himself like you know, I'm just as vulnerable and flawed as you are. I, I would be open to any meeting, but I would want to do it for me and what I call our community, the black community. And I have to be honest, that's just me, the black experience, because we I, I still want to move through that. You know, I, I was I only say that to say I've been reading so many books on black history for years and years and years. I studied that at Morgan State University in Columbia. And I used to always read about how uh, all these great jazz musicians you know, performers, how we all died. A lot of us died in poverty. A lot of us died, you know, illnesses. And even since this this pandemic we've gone through, you know, it's damn near every week I'm reading about a young black brother, you know, or like Lawrence Clayton just passed away. He, he's a great Broadway performer. I've known we worked together on Broadway. That I'm like, I, we do need, I would love to do something like mm. that because we can commune more. More, more black community in that. You know what I mean? That's I, I would be so open to that. So you see, the, that's my. The, I think part of my problem is there are so many issues that I have um, being black that it's hard for me to even get to the core of who I am as uh, my my. Let's say my masculinity, because being black is so much a part of it, right? And that's a part that that I have to deal with. <laughs> so. I find I would find it really difficult to go to a retreat and talk about um, now you need greater capacity to listen. Now, this is how you do it. Now, let's accept and right. forgive and all this kind of stuff. I, I would I find I think I would resist it. But maybe I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I would just be I was I'd be one of those guys that would be broken down and then maybe I'd be crying on the floor or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> not at all but i was just gonna say i i that I, I you know actually i have no idea May, maybe like when somebody says you need to like like forgive and blah 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 maybe they're talking about that specifically but my guess is not my guess is just talking about the in, yeah, like the inner right. trauma that we experience through like the uh through um guys pa what guys pass on to guys mm. i don't know my father right and i and mm. i don't have a relationship with him i met him one i met him one time mm. i heard when i was on tour that he passed that he passed away through the uh through the great through the grapevine mm. and it's it, it even though i don't know this man and like i didn't feel like i've harbored any kind of like ill will or anything like that like against him like it right. it triggered something in me and made me very very emotional mm. so it's like i think the forgiving part is like if i truly do like love how i was raised by very strong women like 
I'm still there's a part of me that's holding on to something when it comes to that dude, the the guy with my father, that I do need to forgive and let go in order to move on. So in my that like so like I think right. forgive in that in a retreat kind of setting is talking about those things that are stopping you from uh, moving over. That's stopping Growing. you know somebody like Clem that says like you know like I would have a hard time doing that. Yeah, that's the point. It's like it's hard. Like it, it it is it is difficult. So I think that the, our resistance to that is because we never we don't want to face it. And I think that that is a very male specific trait. Mm. Like you we know, don't we don't want to face we don't want to face those things. You know, El Stephen. I mean, that is so true. I yeah. um, that's just brought something up to um, for me. I have a very West Indian father. I had he died when I was twelve. Right. That's the problematic thing that we all have is our relationships with our fathers yeah. as black men. Mm. It's yeah. really problematic, I think, anyway. Yeah. I think, I mean, I, I don't know. And I, I try my best, like, for, for you know, for my son. And I know that you're a great example for your nephews. And, you know, and it's like, I, I try my best not to pass on that energy. But I know I do. I have such high expectations. Like, my son is here for one day or for like two two days and when he was here and i know and he's so smart and he loves to debate like he's me like it's like looking in a mirror and like personality wise <laughs> he really well. is right now i'm looking at you and i see him yeah. <laughs> like we got it's incredible. to this conversation and we were agreeing and it was a fight you know what i mean because it's because it's this and i pass that on to him you know what i mean so it's like no matter how hard I try, like I pass on, I pass on that. There's like this machi, and I feel like that. I feel like that that transcends. Like, of course, like some of this is like black specific, but I feel like it transcends color. You know what I mean? I think men, I think men in general, like generally speaking, like have been taught that our role is to be hard, it's to be tough, it's to be stern, it's to be and that is magnified when we're around other guys. So of course we're going to be resistant to opening up and being the opposite of that around other men, regardless of their color. Yeah. I mean, so what do you think about fathers and Kenny? What's your, um, well, feeling? my father, my father was, my father was amazing. You know, I don't know if you uh, ever met my father, Clem. I no, I, I never met um, him. And I, I'm is sorry he still to... alive now? No, 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 no. My dad passed away in about 2011, but he lived to be 97 years old. But my father is basically, I am my father. I mean, he's funny, he's charming, you know, but I just remember even like when I was a kid, it would really like hurt me on a father's day. I think they started it like in the sixties or whatever the hell that I made something for him and he didn't show any response, like none. And I was just like, I mean, just like literally like just made me feel so bad. My father wasn't the type of person that showed response, you know, yeah. not into not into my adult life, you know, because he was getting up at three o'clock in the morning to work, you know, to either to be a janitor in supermarkets and be a garbage man and then come back home and get something to eat and then go clean up at, the, at a bar and then go to sleep at nine o'clock. I mean, then get up and do the same thing every day. So he didn't have time. <laughs> I mean, and I, and I get it now, but he just didn't he's like, okay, great, great. He was, he was, he was the, he was the, the, he took care of the family. And my mother was at and home he, with her pearls and her heels and her dress. And, yeah. you know, so, um, so, so I got it. And especially when in my adult life, I became the best of best of best of best of friends, you know. Unfortunately, you know, unfortunately, I didn't have a chance to see 
my dad in my adult life. Um, but mm. and um, and but it was only as an adult I could look back and see. Well, here was my dad trying to help his family to survive in a white society. Mm. That's what you got that too. Come on. And unfortunately, the way he went about it was to really be really disciplined. I mean, we could not. He would say, don't if you you come back and tell me that somebody's beating you up at school, I'm going to beat you up even more. That's the type of person he was. And and I really, really um, did not like it at all. But it's only as an adult, now I have my kids, that I can really appreciate what he was trying to do. You know, with my kids, I, I don't beat them. I'm reacting to that. But there's still a bit of my dad in me, which, is, which I can't escape. That's okay. I have a lot of my father in me. And, you know, as I've gotten o- older, not only my yeah, father, my yeah, uncles, yeah. all the elders in my neighborhood, because I grew up in a traditionally black neighborhood, all those guys were tough. But... As we can see, like I said, what's going on in the world, if we can understand the mental stress that black men have been under, you know, I I can accept how we are. I can accept how I am, you know, a flawed father and how tough I am on my kids that, you know, the thing, they get tired of me. I I talk to them about credit, saving money. I talk to them about going to work on time, not being late. But, you know, I'm learning also, I'm also, uh, I hope I am a loving father to them. But I went through the same thing with my father, and why? Like I, like I told my daughters, and this, this is, this has been in my family. We, we, we have to accept certain things. I've seen it even in this, this beautiful show, beautiful show we call The Lion King. We're not privileged. We can't, we can't, or I can't, we can't get away with some of the things yeah. that I've seen white people get away with. They, you know, it's easy for them to to be able to continuously fail whatever we consider failure to beat and get picked back up. You, you got a kid right now who shot and killed uh, two people, and yet someone gave $2 million to bail him out. But yet you, you got brothers in prison right now doing 37 years for, for pot, where now pot is a multi-million dollar business. So, of course, we, you know, my father, your father, Kenny, and what we're saying about, you know, probably Elsie's your father. I don't know what type of relationship you have. But I can only imagine, like, the stress that we as black men, even today we can feel it, that we're under. We have to sit up here and continuously see young black men being gunned down by cops. And then we got to go to the store. You have to be a family. You have to, you still have to pay your bills. You got to go out there. Where I live is a totally white neighborhood. I see white people everywhere. They want to ask me questions about the election. They want to ask me, what do you think about that man who got shot with those two white boys running for, running after him? Do you think he had a right to go and look? I mean, it's, it, we go through so much pressure and strain. Yeah, I mean. You know what I mean? I can understand, like, you know, I, I finally began to understand my father's behavior. We've been multitaskers, though, man. We've, we've been, like, we've been, our fathers, our fathers I are that. multitasks. I can't. Listen, yes, you can. Yes, you can. And we, we've been, we've been multitaskers. And I think that right now, even more so, like, we have to, are you kidding me? Our ancestors, look at what our ancestors Ooh, they survived. Like, they, they are, they are under way more right, stress than yeah. our fathers were. And so, and you yeah. know what I mean? And so it's like, yeah, we have generational curses, but it's our responsibility to address those. And I think that these kinds of conversations are not happening. And I think that Absolutely. that's why I think, that's why I like these right. retreats I, are bene- yeah. would be beneficial because it's like addressing them as a whole. And then it's like, 
and and I don't think right. that I, I think that a lot of what we deal with for sure, you know, like a like having a retreat for all black men, like I I know that I would benefit from some uh, something like that. But also I think that is I think that it is important that you know like the uh you know there's all these Kavanaugh's out here who are running you know who are running around and getting away with like all the things that they're getting uh getting away with. Yep. Yeah, we need to be in front of them. We need to be. We need to be in front of them, Absolutely. and so that we can, when they're, you know, oh man, I just have it so hard. They can hear what we're talking about. It's like, oh, you think that you have a heart? Okay, well, this is my, this is my, my experience, or at least be in an environment where it's like they, they hear that, uh, they, they hear those things like from us. It doesn't mean that you have to like forgive them or uh, like pity them or, but it's like having somebody be in the same space having a guy be in the same space and actually you know admit that uh have them admit that something hurts them or affects them a certain way and you be able to do the same we don't do that right i Uh, I agree i agree i mean my 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 only problem with going to a, a retreat where i would be like in a minority would be like i would feel obligated to educate them and i'm tired of doing that now i'm actually tired of explaining myself to the white community i really am i'm tired i'm done i'm done that's interesting that's interesting so, i i uh yeah that's another yeah. pressure that i don't want to have <laughs> but but the thing is though it's like when when then when then do we allow our ourselves to be in a space that is that is mixed there's stuff that we talk we call it kitchen the kitchen talk everybody knows that or barbershop talk it's like there's yeah. things that we only talk about amongst uh, amongst us for sure but like i said there are things that transcend race so when do we allow our allow ourselves like uh the 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 space to just deal with the things that are not specific um th- that are uh not specific to us as black men well i think i think that's coming i, I it, I think that's coming. I, I could see a lot of that. I've seen a lot of that this summer, actually. You know, uh, I, I do, like I keep telling you, I think um, I'd rather see what's going on. Like you say, I'd rather see what's going on in our own kitchen first. And then, you know, I'll go to the dining room and the living room with everyone else. But, I, I you know, I applaud, like, um, and accept, like, let's see where us, you know, where we are as black men together. I You know, I would like to experience that. And then, you know, make it a broader sense of, you know, communication with if, you know, it, other people. Like you, but, but Keith, but like, would, you, like you just said, though, it's like, I mean, think, think about it. Like, and you and I have had these conversations, so let's be real. It's like when we talk, when we talk about the right. pro-black movement, that oftentimes did not include black gay men or the gay community at all. In fact, they were sh- uh, shunned out. Right. So, is there room to talk about those things, even on a black, like an all black retreat? I feel like we yeah. don't do that though, like right. because the, because the minute the minute right. that another black man criticizes or calls to task or holds accountable another black man for something like that, I do it all the time. And like my DMs, like you see, you see right. my feeds. Like it's like constantly. It's like the answer is well. You know, as a black man, I, you know, I'm dealing with blah, 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 blah. And so it's like, then now you expecting me to do da, 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 da. I didn't grow up like that. Okay, I get it. But this is still the reality that we're dealing with now. And that and uh, Kenny is just a part of, is just as part of the black community um, as anybody. This black trans brother, this white trans woman, like, 
whoever, like they're just a part of our community um, as any as we are, and we oftentimes kick them out. So is there a space? Is there a space for that uh, for that kind of uh, um, constructive criticism or constructive uh, conversation? Absolutely. And holding each other accountable and not just going and empowering each other as Black people. Listen, you and you said it yourself. We we in our black community, we've had more issues with tra- transgender and what you're seeing. I absolutely agree, and I th- but I do think that's where our conversation should start. Who and what we are first before you know we we include everyone in on this. We never do though. But I'm saying though we can though. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, we can. I'm, I'm Shit. When we get when we get to, when we I'm just saying that be, because because it's just part of like who we right. you know who we are. And just to be able to deal with that on a day-to-day basis, I think that this time, this point in time with the, you know, with the virus and everything shutting everything down, we've kind of had a collective retreat. So for the first time, like, it's like, for the first time, we've been able to see what our other Black brothers are are experiencing, how they're coping and how they're dealing with these things. And I think that you're right, Keith, that it has presented opportunity for people to kind of express how they're feeling. And that's different. There is more of that. But I think that in addition to us um, talking about how how we feel because of these external things, we also need to talk about our contributions to some of these other things that are happening simultaneously, I think is our responsibility. Well, I'll tell you this much, guys. One thing I I, I am curious to see, what's going to happen in this new presidency? Because I've seen the, the LBG and the transgender community really out there pushing for change. So I, I am, I'm, I'm curious to see what's going to happen going forward. Um, mm. On this other side of the table where I'm back now choreographing, it's been very interesting. I've had um, artistic directors call me and ask me during the pandemic, you know, like when, especially after Mr. Floyd's killing, right. um, how they have been to me as a choreographer um, and them as an artistic director. And, you know, I've never, ever spoke uh, because we didn't have the, um, we couldn't speak. I mean, Keith, you know where, where we come from. You know what I mean? We're just going to go, ah, well, maybe maybe you were more, you know, vocal than me. But I was like, oh, no, you're great. But then I had to, like, call them back, like, the next day. And I know this movement, Mr. Right. Floyd's killing, especially was a big part of that. Because before I would have just let that just slide. And would have right. dealt with it and been yeah. suppressed about it. Exactly. Say anything, but I was like, yeah, there's been some times I, I have to call you back. This is sometimes you guys have been really rude to me. You hire me to create, but you don't allow me to create. You know what I mean? So I'm just backpedaling right. of what you guys were talking about earlier. You know, um, and I, I think that, uh, Clem, I agree with you. It's been um, a lot of panels I've been on discussions I've been a part of about this issue and I did get to a point like after the fifth one that I was just like I I'm over the end of it it's like watching Roots like 45 times straight because you just become you just get more and more depressed right you know because you're constantly talking about it but it's good I get it but the last one I just was not having because they wanted me to be a part of this HR kind of a thing and talk about being a choreographer and, blah, blah, blah. and I didn't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> she was like, okay, great. I'm going to give you over to the stage manager. Then they started telling me, we're going to have a meeting about what we're going to talk about. We're going to have two meetings. So now you want me to rehearse 
opposed to just being like vocal and just speak. So I just, I they shut it down. I was like, no, saying. I'm not. Just yeah. take me out of it. So it, yeah. Go on. Sorry, Kenny. No, no, I'm, 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 I'm done. So, so I just wanted to go back to what you were talking about, about being tired of doing these things, these, these things. And, you know, I'm proud of our movement. I'm so proud, A, of the young kids. These young kids are phenomenal. Have they been marching? Have they been standing up? Have they been, I'm like, whoa, literally. And L. Steven got me into the one um, memorial that we had in Harlem here for Mr. Floyd, uh, the Broadway men, we all dressed up and it was just, mm-hmm. you know, I was my shield and everything. I was like, that was but I needed to be there. I needed to be a part. Thank you, Stephen, for, for, for uh, being, letting me be a part of that. But it was just like, yeah. You know? so, so I totally agree with what you, you've all been saying, you know, getting back to the retreat aspect of it. Right. So, I mean, L. Stephen, you started off by talking to, about the retreat that you guys went to um, as part of Lion King. And um, I can see myself doing that. But to go to a retreat where it's about let's find our masculinity together, I think before I could do that, I would have to get a lot of stuff off my chest and explain how... I feel as a black man in this circumstance. I don't know whether, and also I'm, I don't know how interested I would be to hear about the problems that, that white people would be having. I don't know whether I would be. For me to go to a, re, a retreat, I'm so not sure about that. If it wasn't all black. That's, that's, it's, that's but it's, it's, you know, it's it's interesting, though, and I would really love Kenny's uh, to hear Kenny's perspective, though, because I think the three of us are really speaking from a cis hetero perspective and, and 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 experience. But even if we take out like a take it is an all black retreat that we're going to Kenny, would you feel comfortable like because we all can admit that if we were like one of the minorities in a mixed circumstance uh, retreat type uh, situation, that we will feel obligated to speak from our experiences uh, as black as black men. But if it is an all black male retreat, Kenny, would you feel the responsibility then being the uh, a, a minority in that like just I mean, I'm just uh, uh, like throwing that like out there. If there were like the four of us like on a retreat together, being the minority, would you feel comfortable speaking from the perspective uh, or uncomfortable speaking from the perspective as a gay man, a gay black man, and the re- uh, how that relates to the rest of us? Well, I would feel comfortable with you guys because I've known you forever. Right. I would I would feel completely comfortable with you. With somebody who you don't know, right? Is but but with somebody that I would not know, I would probably feel a little bit uneasy because I don't know what that is. You know what I mean? I mean, I don't know if they're going to go off on me because of who I am and what skin I'm in and who I like and how many arms I'm using. Right. And so that, but that's what, that's my point. It's so, like, so we're talking, we're talking like we would say, Oh, I would really only do this for if it were all black men, but it's like, Kenny wouldn't feel completely uh, comfortable being himself around just all black men. So it's like, yeah, so it's yeah, like, yeah. so there we are. So there we are. And it's because we haven't created that. We have not cultivated a, an atmosphere where it's, where it's okay for Kenny to exist in his truth as black men. Right. Right. So what's the you know what I mean? So, what is the solution now, Stephen? What what how can we? 
um, solve this then? You just try it out and see what happens. That's all. I mean, there's that, there's that, but like, how much resistance? Like, we, we there's so much resistance even on this this phone call to just do like to just doing that, and then you just throw out, we'll just try it and see what happens. It's like, but I'm but I'm saying it, we'll never know until you know action is put into place. But but that was but that was my point is that there are uh, that there are things there are things about us that that connect us that transcends race. And I'm not saying that that, that race right. is not important. I, I, I think you. that I our you. like our our existence in this world as black uh, black people pretty much informs every single um, uh, thing that we do. And you know what I mean? Like it, 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 that cannot be helped. But I'm just saying within that, there's like all of these, um, there's all of these micro topics that are with, uh, within that, that I feel like we need to learn how to, uh, how to connect on those, on those levels as well. You know what I mean? Because as we That's see, absolutely, I actually we, agree with yeah. you. I mean, you're, you're moving the needle, um, L. Steven. Yeah, I agree. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think, I think I might benefit from going to going to a retreat i'm not sure whether i would be comfortable i might have to be dragged there um but um yeah i can see i can see how beneficial it would be mm-hmm. for me even as a black man um in an environment where i might be there might be only one other black person or i might be the only one i can see how there are there are things that i could possibly learn as a man not necessarily as a black man you know yeah. And like, I don't think that when we're in those circumstances, I think that like we, we do say that like we're tired and I am too, like we're tired of like explaining what our, you know, what our existence is. And I think that us being comfortable saying that in, in whatever, in whatever space That's nice. is a thing, like you know that. what I mean? Because we don't, we don't do that. Like, yeah. you know, like there were, there were That's calls nice. with, you know, certain companies that we've had, that we've had where it's like that has been the, uh, the situation where it's like you know I'm tired of explaining like yeah. I'm tired of explaining myself it's like go like go to your research that's not what I'm here exactly. that's not what I'm here. exactly 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 hundred percent but I think we shut down yeah I can, I can. You, we shut down yeah. we allow ourselves to get to that point though sorry Auntie. no 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 you're, you're fine but I could see something like this starting with some like us. Like I could see Steven like literally getting up at six and having them in there doing some type of a Tai Chi thing to, to, to connect. I could see Keith there giving history on black. I could see me there trying to teach somebody how to make some greens or something. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? And I could see Clem there like doing some musician <laughs> yeah. stuff and doing, yeah. you know, I could see, wouldn't that be cool, huh? If we just took this conversation and just like, okay, we're going to do one in upstate New York. 2021 fall whatever you know and we connect and have a discussion and we even started with younger black men who are from other areas what is it i think that's a beautiful way to end this what that's great kenny um but what is it with all the youth what's it don't you like old people what's what's going on because i feel that we have to pass something on i think it's important like we, we, we need to You're always talking about the youth, the young people, blah 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 blah. What? Who am I, chopped liver? Well, I'm just. Well, no, no, you're you're not chopped liver. That's quite quite literally. You're not. But I just think that it's important if that's what we're trying to plant a seed, yeah. and yeah. especially with what Stephen is saying, and to treat everybody to you know and 
then you know we get the transgender folk and you know so we're it's 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 a it becomes a breathing identity it becomes like you know something that's that 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 we're developing and that we're teaching and that we're passing on i think that's brilliant and that's an excellent way to end guys thank you so much for doing that for me thank you kenny thank you you, l steven Thank you, Keith. Kenny L. Stevens, all right. Yeah, Clint. Right, very much. Thank you so much for this conversation. Black power, brothers. Right. (laughs) But before we finish, I've got this one extra thing that we're going to do. It's called Quick Fire Five. Fire five, fire five. So I have like five questions. I'm going to shoot them out to you and give me quick, as quick answers as you can. All right, you ready? Is it is it all at the same time? We just all answer. At the oh same no, time? no. I'll 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 talk oh, you to have one person at a time. Yeah. I'm gonna and I'm gonna start with you, Al Stephen. Okay. Oh, so, um, a morning. Are you a morning person or a night person? Night person. How about you, Keith? Night. Kenny. Morning. And Kenny, what is what is one of the things you would put on your bucket list? Oh, I'm gonna go to London. Ah, El Stephen. Uh, spending significant time, like like maybe like six months to a year in South Africa. Mm. Wow. Okay, Kenny. Um, Keith, sorry. <laughs> Keith. <laughs> Keith. <laughs> Stop. Going back to Baltimore and hanging out for a long period of time. Um, what was your favorite book growing up, Keith? Uh, We Are Not Afraid. It's about the three uh, civil oh, rights leaders yes, that were uh, yes. slain in, uh, yeah, right, right. in 64. Yeah, James Cheney, Andrew Goodman, and Mickey Schwarner. How old were you when you read that? Uh, Probably around 17. Wow, okay. El Steven? Uh, it was uh, All the Places You'll Go. I'm from the hood. And I didn't, I didn't travel. I didn't leave the hood. I didn't leave the hood until like the first time until I went to my aunt's funeral in uh, Arizona, like as a te- like as a seventeen year old kid. So it's like, oh, the places you'll go was always like, what? Like I can be out of here. That seemed like fantastic. So how far was Arizona from where you grew up? Wow, from Indianapolis. I'm, I'm in the Midwest, and Arizona is like across the country. Yeah. Wow, it's a long way. Long way. Long. <laughs> Don't do that to me. Don't do that to me. See, see this is this is what we do. I have to go shave me. Yeah, Kenny. Kenny, how about you? As a kid, uh, my favorite book was Charlotte's Web. <laughs> <laughs> Who's laughing? <laughs> El Steven, why are you laughing? I'm not laughing. laughing. Oh, oh. That was me. I was laughing. Oh. I was laughing. I laugh at myself all the time. <laughs> that was the pig, right? Yes. She saved him. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. She did. She saved him. How old were you when you read that? How old were you? Uh, I think I was either nine or 10 years old. <laughs> okay, cool, 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 cool. <laughs> um, um, so what is your, this is for you, Kenny. What is your most vivid childhood memory? Dancing at 10 years old in Hawaii um, being called on stage by the Fifth Dimension and dancing with Marilyn McCoo. Wow. And then working with her later on in Showboat and telling her that story. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> I said, do you remember me? She was like, 
No. And she lied. She lied and she said yes. <laughs> right. Like, no. Keith? Seeing Earth, Wind, and Fire at the Capitol Center. Woo! Yes, man. How old were you? Uh, Probably around uh, 12 years old. Whoa. That's when they were they were hot, Earth, Wind, and Fire. Yeah. I, I saw Earth, Wind, and Fire in Ontario. That's Rest crazy. in peace, Maurice White, my yeah. man. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Uh, uh, L. Steven? Y'all, that's your most memorable. I love it that y'all have like these. My most memorable. Your, uh, no, memorable your most child- vivid childhood memory. Oh, vivid, vivid too. Most vivid, most memorable. Uh, my I most said vivid. vivid, not memorable. Okay, sorry. My most vivid childhood memory is uh, actually traumatic. So it's like, but what's uh, it? It's on topic. I had you guys remember when Ducktales, uh, like it was in style of the weird, like duck, uh, Ducktales or Rat Tales. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. We, I had a Ducktail, and my aunt put a beret on the end of it, and my uncle oh. ripped the beret off, but ripped the Ducktail off of my head. Ow, so, man! Ow, ow! Vivid. That's my most vivid child. I'm but painful. Look, I'm I mean, painful. We are. We're talking about masculine. We're talking about masculinity, right? Toxic masculinity. <laughs> wow. That's a good one. Wow. Okay. So is um, it? That's it, a good one. <laughs> no, I think that's a good one because it's really hilarious. I'm sorry. Hilarious. Uh, uh, L. Stephen, final question for the three of you. I start with L. Stephen. What or who impresses you? I'm super impressed by my son. Oh, amazing. Okay, that's cool. And you, um, uh, Kenny. Um, I'm impressed by my church. Just what church is this? Church, um, Which... Convent Avenue Baptist Church. Where? Say again. Convent Avenue Baptist Church. Who's the minister there? Um, Reverend Pastor Williams. And Pastor the Williams. music? Who's the minister of music? Uh, Professor Hopkins. Professor. Professor Hopkins, yeah. And do you, do you you're, sing? Not the, you're, on, you're not the only smart musician. <laughs> he teaches actually in, in D.C. He teaches us at wow. a university there. That's so shady. So shady. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, um, do you sing? Do you sing in the choir? Or, uh, no, I don't. They tried to give me. I'm like, but, you know, I, I should. You could be screeching up there, you know. You know, I, I don't know. It's been, it's, it's been a couple of years. I, I have not practiced. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Keith, last but not least. Uh, my wife, uh, she's taking care of uh, her two daughters. She's taking care of her, uh, you know, her aging uh, parents, you know, who stay here, you know, with us. She's managing the house. She's managing her own business right now. And, you know, she has to, I have to be honest, she has to deal with me. And you, know, you saw how she was trying to get me hooked up to this and, just seeing her resilience and her strength and, you know, uh, being in her presence right now. Uh, because, it's, like I said, it's the first time I've had this extended period of time mm. at home. So, I mean, she's she's tough, man. I'm so impressed by her. Keith, that's amazing. I, I, I second that. I'm impressed with her as well. Yeah. You yeah, both me are too. beautiful. You both are Thank so you. beautiful. I know Al Stevens was t- trying to send me a shot. I'll talk to him later. <laughs> Guys, thank you no, so you much. Stevens. Thank you thank so you. much for that. Really brilliant. Thank you for brilliant. this, man. I feel like we so should. I feel I, this is great. I feel like that we need to have more of these kinds of conversations, man. Absolutely. Definitely, definitely. As black men. <laughs> As black men. Okay. It's important. 
search for Life, Art and the In-Between wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe. Follow the podcast on Instagram and Twitter at Benno Creative House. Life, Art and the In-Between is a Benno Creative House original production. Right, so here's Celise to just tell you what to do. Oh, hey, Celise, here we go again. You <laughs> popped right again. Right? Come on. I hate you. You're on my nerves right now. All right. Okay. I'm going to push the okay. Got it.